Welcome back to Chapter 2 of Rewriting Her Story. We're your hosts, Mari and Steph. We're back and ready to share more life experiences, discuss mental health issues we all face, as well as interviewing special guests. Join us this season as we dig deeper into vulnerability and get out of our comfort zones. Buckle up, bitches. First of all, we're here together. Yes. It's always <laughs> exciting. It's always exciting. And I have my blonde hair. We're, <laughs> we're back to our yin and our yang, guys. <laughs> you know how hard it was for me. I talked about it a lot, a lot, guys. And we're coming, but she's coming back strong. I please, anytime that I might discuss on the podcast that I think I want to change. Don't, don't stray. Don't stray from your roots, figuratively and literally. Just don't do it. So, we're back. We are back for episode 89. And we have another interview for you guys. So this is super exciting. She actually, well, there's, there's two of them, but we have one of them here today, but they reached out to the podcast page to say like, Hey, like let's link up. And I was like, sure, let's do it. So we have an intuitive eating coach named Jenna on the podcast today. She has a partner named Lauren. She's not here with us today, but we asked for questions from you guys in terms of like, what would you want to ask somebody who I phrase it as like an undieter, right? Because mm-hmm. that's like the theme of what you do, which yeah. I think is very interesting because as you talk about on your page and as we've talked about with body image, and I feel like just as women in general, we talk about diet culture yes. and how it is and how terrible it is and what it does to us and things like that. So mm-hmm. welcome to the show, yeah. Jenna. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're Absolutely. so welcome. So I mean, obviously just like jump off the bat, but I think having just a little bit of backstory of like, how did you get into being an intuitive eating coach? Like, did you struggle with things growing up? Was it in your early, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I was gonna say like, was it in your early adulthood? Just kind of give us a little rundown of how you got here. Sure. Yes. So when I was 16, I woke up one day and I'm like, I don't want to be the chubby friend anymore. So I just started jumping on my mom's 80s rebounder in the living room for 20 minutes a day. That was my exercise. <laughs> I love and, that. And so started being even conscious of what I was eating, yeah. kind of writing it down, a little bit of tracking, being like, oh, you know, started off very what people would say, oh, that's so healthy. Like mm-hmm. you're moving your body, you're thinking about what you're eating. What's mm-hmm. wrong with that? But as anyone who's ever started a diet knows, it never ends there. Sure. So soon I got a gym membership and then I was doing this and that. And then if I wasn't going to the gym, I was such a B-I-T-C-H. Oh, because... Yeah. I was like, what? Bitch, yes. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. What's that spell? Yeah. Yes. I was like, no, I was, I was, I was like such... 40 times in the podcast, <laughs> Don't you worry. Well, I was a real asshole if I wasn't getting to the gym. Sure. Like, and not in a healthy way of like, oh, exercise makes me feel better. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh my God, I might gain weight if I don't work out constantly mm-hmm. and restrict my food constantly binge eating started but I lost weight quite quickly because at 16 that's what yeah. happens when you have your first attempt at weight weight loss mm-hmm. and the world said wow yeah you're right yeah you are so beautiful now all the guys wanted to date me I was popular all of sure. a sudden it's like I had a different life before and after Mm-hmm. especially in high school like mm-hmm. it just yeah like my life just completely changed in for the better in a lot of ways like more mm-hmm. connections more friendships more um intimacy with people and people are interested in you and so that message really ingrained itself as like ooh, that's value sure you are now valuable that is your value mm-hmm. 
And so for the next 10 years, I, I worked in promotion. So being the pretty girl, giving shots at the bar, sure. I modeled overseas. My whole life was the way I looked and mm-hmm. my body. And so, but I was also binge eating, miserable, woke up thinking about food, went to bed thinking about food, constantly regretting eating things or not doing a hard enough workout. Of course, falling off the wagon and then mm-hmm. gaining a couple pounds and freaking out and starting over it for 10 years. And then a few things happened when I was grown, like getting older enough where I was like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like this has not brought me happiness, not even one day. I look at my modeling pictures and I'm like, what was I thinking? Yes. All I saw was what was wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like I was a toothpick. Yep. Like there was nothing there to even work on and I was like oh I'm so embarrassed in front of like the other models I just saw myself as so different Mm -hmm. and for someone who might be listening that's like yeah well I'm actually in a fat body so it's different it's the same for everybody no matter what I have heard from people no matter how what size you are when you're pursuing weight loss it's never enough Mm -hmm. it never brings like oh I've gotten there and I'm content now and happy and now I can live like I've never heard that story Mm -hmm. So is your ultimate message like self-love and acceptance and like body acceptance at this point? Uh, Well, yes, but the I think the core message is dieting doesn't work. Your body is going to be the size it's going to be. Just take care of your body. Like don't focus so much on what size it is. Just take care of it and let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Because our society likes to okay, get a real grip of that body and control it. Mm-hmm. yeah oh my gosh yeah take charge of your food and it's your responsibility if you're larger and it's your responsibility to become thinner because we should all be thin sure mm-hmm. and it's like well wait I've been dieting for 20 years I'm actually heavier than when I started hmm let's actually think about that for a minute is it working <clears throat> not long term usually sure um and there is a way to be intuitive with food listen to your body have a healthy relationship with food in your body where yes, you're taking care of it, but you're not obsessed. Yes. Um, and that's what we teach people how to do because kind of veering off from my story, kind of as that wrapped up and I realized I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. You said, I guess I'm going to eat food because yeah, <laughs> like whatever happens, I can't sustain this. And my binge eating stopped almost instantly. And that was the trigger of like, Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wasn't the problem this whole time. I'm not some gross person who's addicted to food and can't control herself. I just literally wasn't eating enough. (laughs) And so then when I did just allow myself to eat freely, binge eating stopped. I gained a bit of weight, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm a totally different person now. Nobody noticed or cared. Sure. (laughs) I had peace. Mm-hmm. I was able to not think about food all day. That All that feeling of food addiction went away, obsession. And now to this day, it's just like, oh, it's breakfast, eat. Oh, I'm hungry, eat. Carry on with my day. Like, it's so simple. And my body, I've had two children. My body is like, there's things about it. I'm like, that's not particularly cute, but that's not my value. So I don't, I'm not Absolutely. hung up on it. I'm not hung up on it. And I'm able to just go, I don't like the way that looks. Okay. What am I going to do about it? I'm not going to go kill myself at the gym. I'm not going to restrict my food. So mm-hmm. carrying on. And then so that provides that peace and contentment, that weight loss. I never found it in weight loss. Mm-hmm. Sure. 
Can you explain the difference between intuitive eating and mindful eating? Because I had somebody mm. ask a question and they phrased it with one of them. And I just want to make sure that our listeners know the mm-hmm. difference. I think genuine mindful eating is similar, but the co-opted diet version is like, really pay attention to what you're eating so you can try to eat as little as possible. Mm. Be very, you know, I like to use the word precious, like, oh, you can't have any distractions during your meal. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to every bite, really listen to your body with the intention of stopping as soon as possible. So you never overeat mm-hmm. in quotes. Whereas intuitive eating is much more chill. It's like sometimes I get too full. Sometimes I'm really hungry and I scarf a burger down. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I need nutrients. Go sure. grab a green smoothie. It's chill. It's relaxed. It's flowing. It's not obsessive or precious. It's just just like going to the bathroom. Oh, I got to pee. Mm-hmm. So I go, like, I don't question it. I'm not overthinking it. I just do it. Hunger is the same. It's a body sensation that needs to be honored with nutrients, of course, with mm-hmm. some mindfulness. I'm not going to use that word because we just used that word, but with some thought. Sure. Some well, consideration. I think that that's the hard thing too, is coaches too, certified DBT coaches. We talk a lot about mindfulness and what mindfulness means to us. So I do talk a lot about mindful eating, but my explanation of it is, is when dialectical behavioral therapy is asking you to do one thing in the moment, what I'm asking you to do is just eat in that moment and be present. Don't sit down in front of the TV and eat. Don't sit and read a book and eat. Don't sit and do whatever. Just be one with your food Mm -hmm. and understand like, do you like this? Do you even want to eat this? Is this Mm -hmm. something that is not necessarily bringing you joy, but when I'm eating and I'm noticing like maybe some of the chips that I um, had were getting stale, like, why am I continuing to eat this? This doesn't mm-hmm. even taste good anymore. That's okay. Get up and throw it away. Get up and get rid of it. Yep. Don't sit there and well, it's on my plate now and I need to have, no, <laughs> I'm paying attention to what I'm eating. This doesn't feel good. I'm not going to eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's where I struggle with like the mindfulness aspect. Like I do mm-hmm. get the diet culture mindful of like, be ready to stop. And it's like, no, that's not what yeah. we're meaning behind it. So I think it's super mm-hmm. important to, and we advocate for our listeners to pay attention to your mm-hmm. perception of what somebody is saying and check the facts. Right. Hey, my interpretation, the story I'm telling myself is when you're saying mindful eating, then I can't do anything and I have to just be focused on my plate. No. Okay. Let me explain that a little bit more, right? Like check cool. the facts, check out your perception. Mm-hmm. Cause for me saying, don't watch TV while you eat. I'm not going to do that. I like when I have a lunch at home and my kids aren't there and no one's there and I, I want to enjoy the hell out of that. Yeah, sure. I'm going to have my favorite show on, hopefully a Diet Coke with it and just yes. in, have my favorite drink and my favorite show and just have this little moment. So if someone mm-hmm. said, oh, you have to do mindful eating and not watch TV and just focus on the food, it's just not realistic for my life. Yeah, sure. And that's so what I, I love about that. Like ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What applies to your life? That's, that's what we're all trying yeah. to get people to understand. I think as therapists and people who are helping um, others unattach their value with the size that they are, like it, you have to do what works for you. It's what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you is what worked for me. And what this person is saying is what worked for them. Mm-hmm. And what this person is saying is what worked for them. So sample a little bit of everything and see what works for you. (laughs) The only way that you're going to do that, though, is by actually trying, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that that's where some of our listeners maybe get stuck, too, of this, like, this overarching theme of, like, fear of failure. Sure. Well, what if I try and it doesn't work? 
view yourself as being a scientist and that this is just data. You're taking data and figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. And so if you sit down and you figure out like, oh, okay, you know, this works for me and this doesn't, that, like you're winning in my mind. You're figuring yourself out and you're having those mindful moments with yourself of, okay, I'm I'm figuring out what feels good for my body, what feels good for my mind in this moment. And that's literally all I can ask of my clients. I love that. And that's what intuitive eating is as well Is oh, the chocolate I was obsessing over for the past 10 years. I don't even like it yeah. actually like, oh, I bought that and I actually don't like it. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. There's information for my brain, mm -hmm. <laughs> but as I actually love this kind, you know, you're learning. Like yeah. you say. As a coach, what is maybe a challenge you come up against like with clients? Like what, is there like a difficult mindset that's not hard to break but that you know clients like fight you on like persistently mm -hmm. fight you on does that make sense mm -hmm. um what's interesting about that especially for like coaching you usually get clients who are like they're ready okay they're not in pre-contemplation they're sure. not like they're doing it so they want to work with me because they're ready to dive in yeah but I am right now in my practicum to become a therapist so I'm getting clients that are more like yeah not yeah. They're just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, let's yes. talk. Yes. And so I have had a couple of clients who are like, okay, yeah, but I also still really want to lose weight. Oh, I but love the yeah buts. It's like, yes, okay, but you cannot go down two roads at once. Sure, yes. So we're either going to stay here or we're going to start <laughs> moving down one, even if you're like, oh, I'd also also like to do that. Well, we are only in one body. Mm -hmm. You probably have a career and you'd also like to try something else, but you chose your career. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like there is a point where you do need to start walking down the path, regardless of if you would also like something else. So it's, which is more important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, the yeah buts. <laughs> yeah, but, and I'm like, guys, yeah. Um, so one thing I was looking over your guys's Instagram and the different reels that were up and I was loving what I was seeing. So a couple of things I wanted to touch on. So one of the reels was talking about things you can do now to help yourself image. And I believe Jenna, this was your reel. I'm almost positive it was. So we talked about, you talked about four things that you could do in the moment. So removing the scale or the plastic weigh things that you weighed your food with, getting rid of clothes that don't fit you, unfollow pages that don't serve you and accept compliments, start working on accepting compliments. Mm. And I loved this because this ties into uh, Atomic Habits and the rule of, not rule, but the suggestions of how to start healthy habits or how to break mm -hmm. um, negative habits. And it talks about that first cue is visual, make it visual or make it invisible. Mm. You're attempting to break the healthy habit. And I cannot advocate and co-sign and <laughs> feel of approval that those four steps as much as possible, because mm. I can't tell you how many times I've had sessions with clients. And not that I, I don't think most of my clients set, sessions are geared towards weight or weight loss. I mean, it does obviously come up, but a lot of the times they're like, oh, I'm having a, a shitty day. You know, I didn't get to work out and I stepped on the scale and I'm like, you lost me there. Mm -hmm. You lost mm -hmm. me right there. Like if you already knew your day was starting off, when have you ever gotten on the scale? Any woman in her life. And I don't care. I don't, don't care. And been like, yes, <laughs> without having had like some sort of like thing before that. It's like, that's not serving a purpose. That's a data point in time at that exact moment. And in five minutes, it'll be different. It'll be different tomorrow. It's going to be different tonight. It's going to be different the next day. So it's just, you're using this as a tool of self-sabotage of like, see, 
I didn't work out. I didn't this, I didn't. And now I weighed myself and I'm this much. It's like, you didn't gain five pounds fat overnight. Let's please not do this to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I loved that. That was like, get rid of that. Get rid of the clothes that don't serve you. You have a body. Your body needs clothes, period. There are mm -hmm. so many fashion designers in this world. You can't possibly think like, well, if I don't fit Old Navy, I'm as well. Just Why where I give her these polyester size two. My hair is over. We're a trash yeah. bag because I'm. I take me out, throw me in the garbage, call Alley Cat to come pick me up. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like no, like you could, you can. This is such a beautiful representation. I think I talked about it either in a reel or on one of our podcasts. I was taking my daughter back to school clothes shopping two years ago. And we went to Ashbagash and she was eight at the time. We went to Ashbagash and she was a seven, eight in pants. We went to Old Navy and I had to go all the way up to 14s to get it to fit her waist. Mm. I was like, the audacity of these clothing companies at this, like, just don't put sizes on shit and just like, let, let us just try shit on. It was wild to me of like, even that young, just the variety and how quickly that could become such a problem at such a young age. Mm -hmm. right. Which if we didn't have the meaning of thinner is better, it wouldn't be a problem. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> store, I have to get a seven in this store. It's a 14 and me as well. This store, I get a yellow and this store, I get a blue. Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if there's no morality and meaning behind thinness, none of that matters. So that's the, always the core. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Same with the and the scale is very hard for people to get rid of because it's a sense of control. It's a very false mm -hmm. sense of control. Yes. Oh, if I know my weight, I will somehow then keep it in check. Mm -hmm. No, matter. you're just gonna self shame. Technology works. Like. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're just gonna self shame for hours, hours, and then you're gonna come to us and we're gonna have to talk you off the ledge real quick of like you, that's you're so much more than what your physical body has to offer. Your physical body houses your soul. That's its purpose. That's what it is. How old are your kids, Jenna? Just turned three and four and a half. Oh, they're oh, little. Fun. I'm in the thick yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. In the thick of it? Like, a, yeah. Yes, you are. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, how do you plan on or do you already teach them about intuitive eating? Like, how do you talk to them about food? Um, my kind of strategy at this point is don't talk about it. Here's your dinner. Yep. Here's your chocolate. Here's your apple. Here's your, it's food. Like, mm -hmm. like I do, I do find it. I'm definitely better with myself than them. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, here's your dessert. Whereas like for me, I'm like, all food's just food. And I'd like to get sure. even more neutral with them. Um, but like, like, like not wanting to give them dessert if they haven't eaten any of their dinner. If I'm, if you're really radical yes, and not on diet, you would say like, no, you don't have to eat your vegetables to get your dessert. It's all just food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so I still grapple with like, how do you find the balance? And... Sure. Yeah, with a yeah, with a four-year-old, absolutely. Yeah, I could, yeah. but like, um, <laughs> but some of the kind of principles for kids from um, parenting and raising intuitive eaters mm -hmm. is kind of that uh, sharing of responsibility. So it's like my responsibility is to choose the food and to offer it to you, and it's your you decide if you want to eat it or not. Mm -hmm. So I don't force them to eat. So like, if yeah. you're not hungry, that's fine. And but this is what you'll be eating later if you're yep. hungry. So, okay. you know, you're still having boundaries around yep. food, but you're also not, you have to finish your plate from yes. oh, the God. table. Like, yeah. so it's very flexible. Like, oh, you're, you don't want to eat. That's fine. But I'm not going to make you a second meal. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, or I'm not, you're not going to go have five cookies now if you didn't eat your, yes, what I offered you. Yes. Um, 
but you know, but sometimes I will put a cookie with the dinner or with, you know, with the lunch and all the sides together or randomly go for an ice cream. And it's not, it's not a reward. It's not special. It's just, Oh, today we're going to go do this as much as possible um, while still maintaining boundaries so that they get some nourishment. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I had a lot of clients um, ask about discussing how to set boundaries with family members when talking about food choices and what they're doing for their lives. And while I definitely think Steph and I will unpack this in another episode as well, because I think that this one at its base is therapy related in the sense of learning how to set healthy boundaries and, and, you know, self-advocacy and things like that. I do want to ask it towards you though, too, of like, what are we telling clients or coaching clients to be able to say like, okay, how are we setting those boundaries with family Mm -hmm. members or people in your life? I think very straightforward is good, but always make it about yourself. Like I am working on my relationship with food. So okay. it negatively affects me if you're talking about your diet. So mm-hmm. it's not, you shouldn't be dieting and you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. telling me about it because you're affecting me. It's like nothing to do with them. It's this yeah. is my boundary for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I need from you. And then of course, they'll probably um, not honor that right away. So you just yeah. remind, no, I really can't talk about it. Like I really is but like it bothers me talking about it or just triggering whatever words you want to use sure people will get it eventually but you also can't expect people to not talk about their diet in one day decision when you were a part of that conversation for the past 15 years yeah right oh my mom used to bond over dieting and now one day I've decided I'm not talking about it your mom's not gonna remember that like sometime um, because you know you can't judge the people that you were literally a week ago like mm-hmm. I was that horrible person <laughs> not a horrible person but I'm sure it wasn't pleasant to be around sure. for 10 years of oh my god I'm so gross and so my friends are in much larger bodies than me and I'm being such an asshole mm-hmm. and I, if I could just lose this or da, 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 da. Oh, that's my favorite. that must have been like to be around it's so so that was me so I cannot judge anyone oh absolutely now because they just haven't had the the realization yet that oh maybe that's not worth my time and energy maybe there's so much more to me besides what my physical Mm -hmm. body is offering other people Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely um somebody had a question of how do you choose what to eat is it kind of planned or more so whatever is around so do you meal prep do you plan ahead for like the week is that something that's part of intuitive eating or no so intuitive eating is really like a marriage of thoughts or logic intuition and emotion so you go to a birthday party you're having so much fun yeah you might eat the cake even if you're not particularly hungry because you know it's social it's love it's fun that's part of it intuition of what does my body really feel like? Am I hungry listening to your internal compass? And also logic. I'm going to work. I can't eat for the next five hours. I'm not particularly hungry, but I'm going to eat something before I go. So I'm not starving. Sure. So it's a little combination of everything. For me um, specifically, we kind of have go-to dinners. Mm-hmm. Like we buy the same groceries every week, go-to dinners, yep. but they're much like carbier and yummier than I used to do in the past. So this is not meal prep of chicken breasts and broccoli. Sure, you know, right there's, now. there's pasta night and chicken fingers and mm-hmm. this and that and the other thing. And then lunches for me is my 
meal that I haven't quite tapped into yet. So lots of lunches is me going to grab something. Sure. But that really works for me. I need a solid meal. I can't snack. Okay. Snack. I am never full. And then by the end of the night, I'm too full. Mm -hmm. It's like I can't satiate. And then Mm -hmm. I realize, oh, I'm eating too much. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I have a good hearty lunch and a good breakfast and a good dinner, I'm set for quite a while. So it's like learning your own body where some people are going to be snackers. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Just, right. you know, have the things yeah. available that work for you. But for me, I need three good square meals plus snacks when I'm hungry. But lots of time I won't because I get nice and full when I eat. Sure. And then breakfast mm-hmm. is almost exactly the same every single day because that just works for me. So it's really figuring out what works for you, what's realistic but also having the flexible mindset around food where if I go traveling and I'm at the airport and all there is, is some food option that doesn't sound that great. I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. whoop de doo Oh, it's super greasy. Okay. Well, that's all there is. Like, right. Very flexible. It's very, oh, my, my friend invites me out last minute. I'm going to go. I'm not, oh, but I have to eat the meal that I planned. Like that is the key is the flexibility and the ability the ability for spontaneity. If you're not able to be spontaneous, you probably haven't healed your relationship with food. Fair. Mm-hmm. One because thing that to I, it. One thing that I wanted to talk about was you guys talk about. Um, well, this was a real with. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Your partner, Lauren. 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 So Lauren did this reel. And so she talked about keeping food in your house after you binge to create habituation or food that you would binge on. So typically people are like, don't put it in your house. And she's saying, put it in the house because it creates habituation. Is there a step-by-step process to starting to do that when somebody does have a, um, I won't say severe binge history, but a binge history that like a way to ease into it because Mm -hmm. I know for a fact the client that I'm thinking of you put that high reward food that they like in the house it will be binged and it might be but if you have six family size bag of chips are you gonna eat all of them right and then I know you will have you will reach a peak of your binging where it will stop and then but there's more it's the mentality of there is so much here I couldn't eat all of this right now if I tried Mm -hmm. whereas for me if there's one bag of chips I will finish it you know, it's almost that I need this out of the house. This is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Let's just get it done. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eat all of it. If there is so much that you couldn't eat at all, you almost naturally start tuning in. There's that the scarcity is taken away. Obviously, maybe not the first day. Sure, sure. But yeah, okay. So you have a few extra binges this week, but your binging stops in a month. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. So, so a diving in can be a great way to do it. Like for me, potato chips were such an issue, any sort of carb. Like if I had, if I found five stale crackers in the back of the pantry, they'd be gone. Like mm. hard present. <laughs> but now it's like, I literally can have a pantry. Well, I, I say that I could live in a grocery store. It would not affect the way I eat because mm-hmm. I have an abundant mindset. There's no scarcity. It's not, oh, I can't have this or, or oh, this is so special in the house. I got to, you know, and it's giving me anxiety. So I'm going to eat it all. So it's gone. I did that so many times. Where is the logic in that? Right, sure. But the, you know, that scarcity mindset overrides and there you are binging. And the only thing that stopped my binging was eating. So it may not mean you need every food in your house right away, but can you start eating more? Introducing more carbs at more every meal. 
ideally. I still need a carb at every meal to feel satisfied. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like some sort, you know, even if it's mm-hmm. key salad, I need something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, and bread is not, I can, I have like two loaves of bread downstairs right now. I have bags of chips. Those two foods were like, I would eat a whole loaf of bread if it was in the house. So it's, yes, you maybe want like, oh, how do I inch into this? So I don't have any binging episodes. I don't know if it's that cut and dry, but it's, but it's okay. Restriction has created this. I need to now undo this and it's going to involve food being around, food being eaten and continually food being around and food being eaten. So I'm kind of almost wondering if instead of like a step-by-step introduction process of more so of having a moment of potentially like a free writing or a journaling moment to say like, okay, I'm removing myself from the scarcity mindset. I, you know, I have the ability to have these things around me. I don't have to eat it all. It will be here. It's okay. And then being intentional when you're going to the grocery store of like, okay, I'm getting these things that might be high reward or high value things for me and understanding that they're going to be there and I can have them and just maybe having reminders around the house of like that visual cue of like, you know, they're here and it's okay to eat that. And it's completely okay to feel my body and I can use this to feel my body. And like maybe just having those reminders and getting, cause I know I like thinking about the one kind of thing in particular of like ramen is, is a big thing. And so I'm like, if, okay, if you get that family pack, like, sure, you might be able to eat like four or five, like ramen packs but 12 I mean you might feel that might just be entirely too mm-hmm. much and then it, that, that might, and then that go might buy be it again replace it yeah. you know and see now you have 12 more there and it very quickly starts being like oh mm-hmm. now it's just ramen like shoot mm-hmm. like, yes, it is. early two weeks in being like I'm kind of mad because now when I get home from work and I'm stressed I can't just order a pizza and feel better like it's just pizza already like so quickly it can become just food because when you in the past if they had bought all that and eaten it they would have restricted after yes to compensate don't do that part and quickly the cycle stops Mm -hmm. Um, and I was talking about this recently how um, it is a cycle with no exit yeah yeah you can't you can't exit during restriction because your body will say -uh -uh." Mm -hmm. it's time and you don't want to exit a binge because you're like, oh, look at the damage I've done. I got to compensate. Yeah. So you have to exit at binge. You can't exit at restrict because your body will naturally go to binge. Sure. Mm-hmm. You have to exit at binge, which may mean, oh, I ate five packs of ramen and then I bought five more to replace them. And then maybe the next day I had four and mm-hmm. I bought four more to replace them. And then the next day I had four again, you know, and it's like, what am I doing? But you just keep doing that until soon. It's like, I went all day, 12 packs of ramen in there. I forgot. Mm -hmm. Who am I? That's the best. That's my favorite thing. When I find the other day, I went to Dairy Queen and got uh, uh, ice cream cone in a cup. I'm celiac, so I can't have gluten. So that's another thing is you can still have food. Yeah, you can still have food freedom with restrictions. Yep. Um, cause it's all mindset, but I had, so I had a cone in a cup. I ate half of it, put it in the freezer. Cause I'm like, this is too much like that. That would have happened in the past. Never. Right. Oh, like it's not that much, but I was like, Oof. like, it's not enjoyable at this point, but the other half in the freezer. And then two days later, I forgot I had that Ooh, yes. what a little surprise. 
And it's like the that level of chill with food coming from someone who was like, I'm literally addicted to food. Mm-hmm. Like, I there's so something wrong with me. This sucks. To that, just based on thinking differently and eating differently, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty cool how different you can be when you think, oh, this is just the way I am. I can't ever change. Mm-hmm. When people work with you, is there like a timeline because right when people come to us they're like well like how long is therapy gonna take (laughs) not how that works you know like is there like do you have a specific program that's 12 16 18 20 weeks or is it like uh we work at your pace and that's how it is we've always offered different things just you know it's a journey so it's not like oh 12 weeks and you're good bye so we do have a 12-week program which is like 12 one-hour sessions for 12 weeks with a course so you're learning all the basic content, you're doing all the things. And then every week we're meeting to talk about, okay, what's come up for you? What's mm-hmm. going on? What questions do you have? What doubts are you having? Where are you finding those sticky points? So we work sure. through it. And then by then it's usually binging. I've never worked with someone who was a binge eater and was continuing to binge after 12 weeks ever. Wow. Hundreds of people ever. One went back to binging, but that's because they went back to restriction. Okay. Mm-hmm maintain you know the intuitive path and you don't go back to dieting <coughs> someone continue to binge so it's like we're, that's our like forte it's binge eating body image of course is going to take longer you're not going to all of a sudden accept and and feel great about your body every minute of the day so that's so we always encourage continuous work whether it's reading content that is non-diet listening to podcasts um, we have our undiet on life platform. That's great for long-term support because we live in diet culture. Yeah. So it's like trying to leave a cult while you're living in it. It's very difficult. Yes. 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 So having those resources, continuous narratives going into your head of, no, this is how you do it. This is what's important. Aren't you questioning that ad that just made you question your, you know, that you need to go on a diet, huh? Isn't that slimy? And look at diet culture and yeah. always reminding yourself of, well, yes, I'm a fish swimming in the ocean. This is water instead of just like, oh, this is just life and this is how it is. Mm-hmm. It's actually not. It's a man made narrative that yes. um, we've all been conditioned to accept as like the truth. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm just going to say that was a beautiful segue into talking about your platform. So tell us what on diet online is, what people can expect. How do they get to it? What is it going to be like? What's included? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at undietonline.com, we have our platform of 300 at this point, experts, including therapists, dietitians, fitness pros, all non-diet, health at every size, intuitive eating aligned, diet culture free zone so everyone creates content we have movement classes to food discussions intuitive eating lessons audios everything you can think of just a huge resource base from all these diverse experts mm-hmm. just on what are you struggling with yeah pcos we have experts on that you have diabetes and you're working on intuitive eating how do i marry those wow. to any anything you can think of we have someone that's covering that topic and that content Um, and then we also have a community in there so you can talk to the experts you can talk to each other um, and have that place that's diet culture free and really um, feels good and continues you on the path because even we've had a app in the past that was kind of our trial run of is this 
a viable concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that one, we have so many people. Oh, I'm back. Um, <laughs> I went on, I joined Weight Watchers again. Yeah. But oh, it's there for people, you know, yes. even if you slip up and you need yeah. to come back, we're there with open arms. We're a safe place to come and continue doing the work whenever um, you need us. So do people like subscribe to your website? Do they? Yeah, so it's monthly okay. or yearly. Okay. $19 a month or $149 for the year, which I mean is like the price of one therapy session, Correct. if not less. Literally. You get a whole year of support from like 300 people and the connection of the community, which is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk to people who are going through the similar things that you are and asking questions and getting- That's awesome not feeling alone when everyone around you in real life is probably in diet culture and subscribing to it hundred percent. Literally. Yes. So the therapists that you have as part of your online platform, are they eating disorder therapists? Are they like, some are eating disorder okay. therapists, some are, you know, just haze aligned therapists mm-hmm. or disordered eating. Like I'm soon to be a therapist, but I wouldn't say I'm eating disorder. That's not my forte. It's more body image, disordered eating. Sure. Like, I'm obsessed with food and I want to not be obsessed with food, but um, so it's a little bit of everything. So if someone has an eating disorder or is just struggling or someone's recovered mm-hmm. in quotes, but like, yeah, I'm still counting every calorie and obsessed with the way my body looks, but I'm technically eating. Like mm-hmm. that's a great spot to come into um, this platform <clears throat> as well as anyone who's well on their way to being an intuitive eater, but they're like, oh, I just need a little bit of scaffolding. A little bit of support to carry me along long-term. Um, yeah, we're very excited about it. I'm so excited. I think that's amazing, especially too. I love framing it like that. For a year, you can have the support of 300 plus people and for just the price of what would be one therapy session. Mm-hmm. And it's always there for you 24 hours a day of being able to access different things. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's a web app. So you do initially go on a website, but then you can download it onto your phone and then it works just like an app. So it's at your fingertips, which is pretty cool. How long has this been like in the making? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) In a whirlwind. Well, we had our first app, which was like just me and Lauren's coaching app. And then we were like, oh, like we were kind of burnt out on like individually working with people all the time. And so we're like, so many people are saying, doing such great work, just like us. Like, do we really need to add our voices in the, in this big mass of people who are already saying the things we're saying and in more interesting ways, in some cases, like let's scoop everyone up and let's all together and create a platform. And it was like, it was just this janky app that was so bad like it was so didn't work I didn't have a search function like very hard to use but it was pretty successful um based on how bad it was so we're like okay I think people want this they want a platform sure. you know they don't want oh well, I'm your coach yes we still do coaching but they want something bigger than just one person mm-hmm. giving them advice they want to hear from all different people mm-hmm. different perspectives different niches different specialties um, and they want to connect with community. So then we invested, me and Lauren invested all our own savings <laughs> into this platform. Um, and yeah, no backing or anything. So it's our our passion project and our yeah. uh, savings on the line, but we think it's worth it and it's exciting. And it's just, oh, I'm big catalyst is also Noom because they yeah. 
And they're we're like everything you wish Noom would be. Like, oh, a platform yes. that can actually yes. be psychology based. It's actually gonna heal <laughs> my relationship with food. Oh, it's at- very expensive. Very a stupid amount of money. And they have billions of dollars like backing them, I'm pretty yep. sure. It was like better help. And it's they good. they like to frame themselves of like having like a psychology mm-hmm. mindset behind of like let's figure out your motivation. No, no, don't do that. Cause you're not figuring out anything. You're just promoting disordered eating. Exactly. Everyone we've talked to was prescribed 1200 calories on there. It's like, that is the two-year-old. That is bare minimum what your adult organs need to be able to start. Literally. Like if you do absolutely nothing, I'm like, oh my God. So we really want to, that's kind of our little bit of our marketing is like, okay, this is actually started by two women who truly care about this work. We're yeah. self-funded. You know, we're just this little two people on this mission where, or there's this conglomerate started by two guys from Silicon Valley that Literally. absolutely not care about the concept. Mm-hmm. They were, this is their eighth app, I think. They're just throwing spaghetti at the wall, figuring out what would stick and this did. And then they made the marketing act like anyone actually cares about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so frustrating how many of our pat, our clients had, did Noom thinking that was a way out mm-hmm. and it just popped them right back in. Yep. Um. So we'll, we're creating something that's actually a way out and it's yeah. much more... Um, wholesome and <laughs> authentic. I love, that. I love that. I'm like, gosh, yes. What we need is authenticity. Yes. When is your platform launched? Um, this coming Wednesday. Oh, yay! Oh, but I assume when this airs, that'll it'll be, be passed. Full, full it'll be, yeah, it'll be already in place. So yeah. So we're like, oh. I'm so, so excited. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting dealing with developers and yeah. tech and stuff is so yeah, stressful so yeah it's been a whirlwind but oh yeah and then before that we also worked with a company who was a complete scam lost a bunch of money and no. then we we're like okay let's find another company and then luckily we found someone great to develop it so oh, yeah. but yes it's been a journey <laughs> so if somebody wants to work with you and lauren what are the steps that they would take to do that? And like, tell us where they can find you. Obviously, as all our listeners know, listeners know this will all be in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let everybody know what those steps are. Yeah. So um, if you're interested in private coaching, we are at thebodylovesociety.com. You can check out the form and information there. And if you're looking for a diet online, um, we will be providing a link for this podcast that will give 50% commission to the podcast and 50% for us. So if you're interested, please use the link in the show notes. Don't go directly to the website because that's another thing of um, what we want to do is really support other people in our building of this. Mm -hmm. So we get 50%. Anyone who brings anyone through any link gets 50% commission. That's awesome. I love that of this platform because it's a community thing like this is the cause not just us so um yes please go to the specific link in the show notes if you're interested even in checking it out because that will even if you go back later Mm -hmm. and you end up signing up we'll know you heard of it through this podcast so awesome yes everyone gets some some benefit from it yeah that's awesome good do you have any questions for us, Jenna? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can find stuff at the Spooky Therapist. You can find me at BEA underscore XO11. 
You can find Jenna at the Body Love Society. Okay. The Body Love Society. Everything is going to be in the show notes. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you can email us at rewritingherstorypodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our beautiful faces <laughs> and my blonde hair on YouTube at Rewriting Her Story Podcast. Um, yeah. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye.